This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the We BR Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Westenbroom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome, listeners. You are listening to the We BR Women's Empowering Baton Rouge podcast, an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission. You may have figured it out already, but I am not Mayor Sharon Weston Broom. I'm Summer Stibe, a member of Mayor Broom's Women's Advancement Commission and director of the Women's Center at LSU. We are changing things up a little bit today on the We BR podcast. We've been threatening to do it for a while, and here we are making it happen. I'm joined today by my co-host Lee Phillips, a member of the Women's Advancement Commission and Director of Learning for the Baton Rouge Youth Coalition. Thank you, Summer. I'm excited to be here for this very special edition of the We BR podcast. Today, our guest is Antoinette Earthly-Pierre, the East Baton Rouge School System Federal Programs Instructional Specialist for Non-Public Schools. Antoinette previously served as Program Manager for the City of Baton Rouge Performance Partnership Pilot for Disconnected Youth, P3, in the office of the mayor president as a principal in the East Baton Rouge Parish School System for more than 10 years. She also served as a principal coach, program consultant, and adolescent literacy consultant with the Louisiana Department of Education. Antoinette is the owner and manager for Educational Achievement Consultants, LLC. She holds a master's plus 30 in educational leadership. She is an active member of several professional, community, and civic organizations. Welcome to our show today, Antoinette. Thank you. So, Antoinette, can you tell us a little bit about what exactly a East Baton Rouge School System Federal Programs Instructional Specialist for Non-Public Schools does? I go into the non-public schools, parochial and private, that are served by the East Baton Rouge Parish Federal Program through Title $1.00. I support those teachers that are working with our at-risk students in those schools. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. That was uh, certainly a question that that I had. Lee's an educator by trade as well, so this is great for for her and me and our listeners to learn a little bit more about that program. So you've spent your, looks like the bulk of your career as an educator. Uh, That is what you have done, your passion, hopefully your expertise. So tell us a little bit about your leadership journey and how it was that you came to do this work with education in our Baton Rouge community. I have to go back to my childhood. I started out in special education, actually speech pathology. My brother, my older brother is special needs, and I saw the struggle that my mom was having to get him those educational resources that he needed. My mother also had a friend who had two hearing impaired Mm. students. At that particular time in that era, and I may be dating myself, um, the the hearing impaired schools were segregated. So there was a small number of seats that were available for students. So I saw these, my friends, not able to attend school until they were about 12 years old. Wow. So that drove me to want to be an educator and to start working with those students that were at risk. So my undergraduate degree was a dual degree. I earned a BA in elementary education as well as speech pathology and audiology. I worked as a speech therapist, um, 
in the Wilkinson County School System. Actually, fresh out of college, I started their speech pathology program. I was the first speech therapist there. That's and pretty then impressive, I, <laughs> I would I would say. And Trailblazer. Then I, and then I went on to Louisiana School for the Deaf, where I worked with multi-handicapped hearing impaired students for four years. Then I, after four years, I moved into the East Baton Rouge Parish School System as a language development therapist, where we pull small groups of students that were coming from at-risk communities and they were deficit in their language skills. And we did language development activities with those students, as well as parent engagement activities, where we pulled parents in and we did parents helped in language. And we had this little mouse who was our mascot, Phil. (laughs) And so we would have those monthly meetings with parents. They would develop activities. We would teach them how to go home and work with their students. And this would increase their reading uh, skills. And then from that, I went on to be a teacher for instructional support in the school system where I worked with the principal with developing curriculum to support the instructional program in the school. And from that, I went on to be the principal at Delmont Elementary. Okay. And I was there for eight and a half years. Uh, when I took Delmont, it was the lowest performing school in the district. When I left uh, to go on to the State Department of Education, we were under no school sanctions from the state. Excellent. That's awesome. Then I moved on to the State Department of Education uh, to be the principal coach. And I worked across the state in literacy and numeracy coaching principals on how to improve, uh, how to manage their Mm -hmm. school and things of that nature. And yeah. (laughs) So obviously there's, I heard lots about leadership Mm and there is servant leadership and leading parents and then also leading your peers as an expert, as a principal coach and working across the state. What are some of the greatest lessons that you've learned in your career that you can share with our listeners? The first lesson I learned is to be yourself and be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Know what your goals and your missions are. Um, Just to engage others. Uh, make it so people want to work with you and not that they have to work with you. Uh, it's important that we we make people feel their worth. Um, so those were lessons that I learned as I, as I walked through that journey. Awesome. So Lee, as an educator, there's some questions that you have for, for Antoinette, having her, her expertise in the room. Things that you might want to know specifically about that part of her life. Right. I heard you talking about the importance of parental involvement, especially when you were working with students with language deficits. Um, For any parents who may be listening, what are some of the things that they can do at home to help ensure that their students can achieve in school? One thing is talking to your child and talking to them as if you're talking to another adult. Secondly, um, and I'm going to use my personal child as an experience, as an example. Um, when he was young, I took him to the grocery store. That was our teaching time, even when he was in the stroller. And I talked to him, and I told him what I was getting off the shelf. And, and this was, you know, if it was milk, this is milk I'm buying for your cereal. 
all of this helps students to develop that language and helps them to uh, the receptive language as well as the expressive language. Uh, reading to your child is extremely important, and you can read uh, materials that are above their particular reading level for those students that are in um, high school. I actually started reading to my son before he was born, and so it's important that we read our kids, saturate them with uh, print, giving them taking them to the library, um, turning the TV off, and actually letting them engage right. in text and hard books. So I'm, I'm really interested in that that hard books piece because mm -hmm. one of the things I, I find so fascinating, and particularly mm -hmm. I come from a family of, of educators. My mm -hmm. uh, grandfather was a principal and a superintendent, and my grandmother a teacher and librarian, so sort of our family profession in, in many ways and how things have changed. And certainly there are some great things about technology mm -hmm. that we can talk about, but um, how do we encourage folks to maybe go back to the basics and see the value in, like you said, the actual hard book, that there's a difference between a child holding a book and seeing the words on the page and in playing a, a reading game or a math game or reading a book on a tablet. Can you talk a little bit maybe about what some of those distinctions are and why it's important to have both? It's the human interaction. And it's very important that we're innately, uh, we have to have that human interaction. Mm -hmm. If you look at Maslow's needs, and one of them is that human touch, the human, you know, just that human interaction. And I think that's a part that we're missing. And our, key, our students become, or our children become desensitized. And that desensitization, I think, is attributed to we put them in front of, uh, and it may not be all of that, but right. I think it contributes that we're putting our kids in front of these laptops and tablets when they're missing that interaction with their parents. I can recall uh, when I was in, in school at home growing up and we were poor, but we all sat down at our dinner table and that was the time for us to interact, for our parents to talk about what we did in school that mm -hmm. day and just to talk about everything. My dad talked about his work day. You know, my mom talked about what she did during the day. So those are the kind of things I think our kids are missing. And I know parents are busy. Right. Uh, but we have to put that time in to provide those opportunities for our, our, our young people. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank I, you. I love that. As a parent, it, it is a, it's a struggle. It's Mine hard. are a little bit older now, mm -hmm. but trying to balance out mm -hmm. their wants and desires and your wants and needs and time and mm -hmm. what have you. So thanks for that reminder and mm -hmm. encouraging words to our listeners. Um, and even if you're not a parent, you can always be a role model yes. in, in somebody's life and maybe provide that if there's a, a gap where their parents can't can't fill that need for them. So Absolutely. what are you most proud of? You've done, you've done so much. I'm sure you've impacted countless thousands of lives throughout your career, but what... What really resonates with you as something that you have a lot of pride about? Well, there are several things, but the most recent thing I'm proud of is the work that we did with P3, the Performance Partnership Pilot for Disconnected Youth. Okay. Where Tell us a little bit about that program. Okay. This, this was a, a program that was funded by the Department of Labor and the Department of Education, and it 
was a pilot program to see if we provided wraparound service to our disconnected youth, uh, would it make a difference in their lives? And in Baton Rouge, disconnected youth, the definition was those students that were two or more grade levels behind. So we worked with two schools, a middle school and a high school in, uh, in East Baton Rouge Parish school system. And those two schools, we had a principal coach in each of the schools. Not a principal coach, I am so sorry. A career coach gotcha. in okay. both of those schools. And the career coach worked with those students with career development. And we started actually could have started in the elementary school with getting kids uh, aware of the various careers and what was necessary for them to be uh, to be successful in that career. So as a part of that, we also had students to earn in industry-based certifications. And we used the scaffolding program out at River Parish's Community College. Not only did the we not only did the child earn an IBC, we worked with the school district. They earned one Carnegie unit okay. as an elective toward graduation. Now, remember, these are kids that are two or more grade right. levels behind. So in two weeks, they could earn a Carnegie unit, and they can also, could also earn IBCs. I worked with various partners in the community that helped me with providing the kids with stipends. They could earn, one year they earned as much as $500 during the summer as a stipend Stipend in two weeks That's amazing. to complete the, um, the course. And the after graduation, if they can pass all of their background check and drug, checks and drug tests, they are guaranteed good jobs uh, working as scaffold builders. And they start off with a pretty good salary, like yeah. about 17 to $20 an hour. That's so um, I found that being very rewarding. Uh, we develop relationships with the kids. They feel comfortable. They still call me, uh, even though the grant ended on September 30th. But they would call me any time of the night, and I would tell them, Miss Pierce, oh, so you need to call me before 10 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, 10 o'clock is still pretty generous. Yeah, for me I too. To, I go to bed early, but and they, and they would. But I told them if they needed to call me, to call me. Because I know sometimes you just need someone to talk to yeah. or someone for advice. And I would rather them call me than to go and do something yeah. that would cause them problems yeah. in the future. So... That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And I think whenever we talk about pathways to success, mm -hmm. that sometimes we think that there's only one pathway or one acceptable path. And there are so many paths and mm -hmm. success looks different. And um, we don't necessarily need people pushing buttons all day, but we need people building things. Yes. Uh, we certainly know, know that whenever something goes wrong, right? We need those skilled trades mm -hmm. folks who can who can come in and, and do that and keep things going every day. So I, I love that we're, we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, um, at the sunset of the project, the East Baton Rouge Parish alternative program picked up, uh, they're going, going to continue with the scaffolding for the students, as well as we also did pre-tests with the test of adult basic skills to see exactly where they were functioning and so the district is also going to continue that, but in addition, they will provide interventions for those students. 
So I feel that was successful. I completely, uh, I'm very mm-hmm. impressed. I mm-hmm. don't have anything to do with the program, but I'm proud of it. <laughs> proud to know that it's mm-hmm. something that's been provided and being provided yes. in in our community to make a difference in the individual lives of people within our community, but then also making some hopefully generational and systemic changes as well. So yeah, tell us more. Okay. Employ BR also as a result of the work that we've done, they've partnered with river parishes and they had, I want to say 16 students. I just spoke with the teacher this morning out of out at River Parishes because we've developed a relationship. And they had 16 peop, uh, youth between the ages of 17 and 24 to graduate, and all six of the, 16 of them are working. And wow. they graduated less than a, about two weeks ago, maybe. That's amazing. So, as a That's what empowerment P- is, yeah. right? That's empowerment right. in action. Yeah. As a result of our P3, we not only did the work with P3, but we were able to connect uh, another entity with the city to provide support for young people. Good stuff happening. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you for the work that you've done, not with just that program, but with everything you've done across your career uh, we are the We Be Our Women in Power Baton Rouge podcast, so I do want to ask a question that's specific about women. What advice do you have for other women? Be focused in your work. Be intentional. Um, again, be tre- true to yourself. Be true to your mission. And sometimes you may stand alone, but mm-hmm. if it's for what's right, that's okay because eventually people will join you. Love and it. bring someone else along with you. Good stuff. Yeah. All all good stuff. So, uh, Lee, I'm going to bat it on over to you. I know y'all aren't in a studio with us today, but um, <laughs> Lee is dressed as her favorite season, which is LSU baseball season. Um, so that's where you got the batting, the batting pun today. Um, so, Lee, I'm going to bat it on over to you. If you have any, I know you have one final question for Antoinette, but if you had any other questions you wanted to ask. Yeah, um, I heard you talk a lot about, about the power of relationships. You talked about your relationship with the teacher at River Paris. Parish's community college. You talked about the relationships you built with the students in the P3 program who would call you in the middle of the night. Um, how do you see relationships, specifically mentoring relationships, having an impact on education and on life achievement? Well, first, if you don't have a relationship with someone, it's very hard to work with them. And that's the same thing with a teacher and students. You have to know your students. And if you don't know your students and they don't trust you, you're not going to be able to. And that's in any walk of life. You have to develop that relationship in order to develop the trust, in order to be successful in any of your endeavors. Right. All right. So now for a non-education and work-related question. If you had a guest visiting Baton Rouge for 24 hours, where would you take them? Um, Wow. I would probably take them to just to just to tour the city to the riverfront uh, because that's very pretty to the two universities mm-hmm. LSU and Southern and of course somewhere to eat because right. I I'm I'm very proud of our food everyone that comes to visit loves Louisiana now Clay and I want to know where exactly. are you going to take them to yes. eat we oh. are we are the foodies Lee is a foodie as well so we are going to put you on the spot. 
and ask you to, to clarify. Now, there's multiple meals in a day, so you don't have to just pick one <laughs> spot. Um, well, I would take them to Adrian's, the Adrian right here. Um, probably to get some really Cajun food to Parin's or to Mike Anderson's. Mm-hmm. Both good, both good mm-hmm. choices. We approve. And uh, Jubin. Jubin's. Excellent. Well, I would be happy to be your guest for <laughs> for the day. So next time you want to do a staycation, we're going to build that relationship that we we've talked that. about, and we can make that happen. Antoinette, I want to thank you for joining us today. Lee, thank you for co-hosting today. And to our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this WeBR remix that we've thrown down for you today. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. We hope that you are subscribing to the show so you can always know whenever we have new and fresh content up. Uh, this WeBR podcast is an initiative of the Mayor's Women's Advancement Commission. Our show airs on the first and third Wednesday of each month. Again, we invite you to listen and subscribe by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission. Podcast225.com.